0: Praise God, dear brothers and dear sisters. We're going to be starting our service, and today I'd like to do something a little bit different. Um, in the beginning of our service, I would like to read to you a, uh, a little message that was written for all of us in these bulletins that not all of us have. And... Uh, the reason I'm doing this is because I, from personal experience, uh, understand how much uh, time and how much maybe even prayer, prayer and maybe more prayer is put into writing this. Just a short little thing. It might look like 50 words, 100 words, but you sit there and you try to you, 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 you mess with it. You try to make it look as, as best as it possibly can sound the the best that it possibly can, and you're always saying, God, is this what you want me to put? I believe that this is how our youth members are approaching uh, writing something in this bulletin. That's how I was approaching, and that's why um, I almost feel like sometimes it is a shame that it doesn't get read by 50, 70 percent of of the youth. So, and this time, there's a very interesting uh, message Taken from Psalms 37.3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. And, and here's the key uh, phrase of this message. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And cultivate faithfulness. Cultivate faithfulness. Uh, it says, when you have committed your way to the Lord, do not lose hope when things are not going well. When you feel as if all hope is lost and the Lord has left you, do not forget that He is still with you. He says to wait patiently for him and rest in his faithfulness. As you are waiting in a dry land, let your faith be worked upon and cultivated. As situations get tougher and you feel like running away, keep growing in your faith. Uh, Discipline your mind and your ways to stay steady in God by enriching yourself in his word. His words will keep you going and supply to your faith. Do not lay defeated in unknown territories, for your Redeemer is with you. God sees all the wickedness going around you, and he holds you in his righteous arms, for he sustains the righteous. He gives way to the blameless. Let God be your strength in time of trouble. As he delivers you, take refuge in him. Dwell in the land and cultivate your faith. Um, I believe this is an encouraging word for some, maybe many of those sitting here in the sanctuary today um, let us be faithful to God and I, I believe one of the tokens of our faith was us coming to this place uh, those of us who weren't forced to come here by uh, parents or uh, by bribes or by what, whatever it is uh, you are here those of you who came here on your own will that is a token of your faith to God you believe in God. You believe that God speaks here, that God is going to speak something to you here tonight, specifically to you, not just, you know, to the whole world and, and to the church. He does speak to the world and to the church, but to you. And that is why I believe God has prepared a wonderful message for us, actually two messages for us today. And um, if you will, let's, let's stand together and let's pray. Let's thank God for this wonderful opportunity.
1: В «Своем Господнем» написано то, что «И стало слышно то, что Он есть в доме». Слава нашему Господу! Я думаю то, что сегодня уже каждый из нас, он переживал Господа на этой молитве, во время этого пения. Господь касался наших сердец, и мы сегодня с вами есть блаженный то, что Господь, Он хочет работать с нами. Знаете, написано в своем Господне то, что горы тают от лица Божьего. Знаете, насколько наше сердце, когда оно просто тает перед лицом Господним, когда Господь касается нашего сердца, и мы понимаем, Боже, Ты хочешь со мной работать? Отец, я знаю то, что у Тебя есть план для моей жизни, и я хочу его исполнить в своей жизни, Друзья, я сегодня буду с вами краток. Я знаю то, что у вас просто замечательная тема, которая будет вести Денис о отношениях, правильно? Поэтому я буду очень-очень сокращать И мы с вами рассмотрим эту тему. Я хочу с вами сегодня поговорить об одном человеке, который очень любил бегать. Кто из вас любит бегать? Никто, да? Пару человек, хорошо. Иногда. Об одном человеке, который очень любил бегать. Знаете, и у меня никогда, честно сказать, никогда не получается называть проповеди. Знаете, Это проповедь, говорите, просто в несколько слов. Но эта проповедь мне пришла на память, я ее назвал «817 миль Ильи». Друзья, я хочу, чтобы вы это запомнили, 817 миль Ильи. Я сейчас объясню и расскажу, почему я так назвал. Друзья, но всякий раз, когда вы будете ехать куда-то, и вам будет оставаться мили, и вы будете смотреть на дорогу и думать, вау, как долго мне осталось ехать, просто вспомните это слово. Когда вы будете заправляться, просто вспомните это слово об одном человеке, который очень сильно любил бегать. Друзья, мы с вами начнем читать, это будет третий царств, 17 глава, 2 стих. Третий нас его 2 стих. «И было к нему слово Господне, «Пойди отсюда и обратись на восток, и скройся у потока Харафа, что против Иордана. Из этого потока ты будешь пить, а воронам я повелел кормить тебя там. И пошел он и сделал по слову Господню, пошел и остался у потока Харафа, что против Иордана». И вороны приносили ему хлеб и мясо поутру, и хлеб и мясо по вечеру, и из потока он пил. По прошествии некоторого времени этот поток высох, ибо не было дождя на землю. Друзья, я когда готовил это слово, у меня было настолько много мыслей, что можно было сказать. Но я сейчас попробую вам сказать самые самое важное то, что я вынес из этого. Для этого нужна маленькая подготовка. Друзья, я скажу несколько моментов из этого слова. Мы все с вами знаем пророка Илью. Знаете, какие Господь делал через него чудеса, что он делал, как Илья, он был в очах Господних, насколько он был великим пророком. И мы читаем о нем на страницах Священного Писания. И вот в 17 главе... Слово Господне было к Ильи, чтобы он пошел, сказал Ахаву, что не будет ни дождя, ни росы, ничего не будет во время трех с половиной лет. И вот Илья, он сказал это слово, и Господь решает скрыть его. И он говорит, а пойди отправься к потоку Харафу, я буду там тебя кормить и буду тебя там поить. И написано то, что Илья там был, он был там один, и он оставался там жить один. Написано, по прошествии немного времени этот поток высох. Я думаю, то, что этот поток, он не высох сразу же, друзья. Если поток, мы видим то, что потоки большие, они никогда не высыхают в один момент. Это была пустыня, и она высыхала постепенно, по чуть-чуть. И знаете, с человеческой точки зрения мы можем представить Илю, на земле нету воды. Нету дождя, нету ни росы абсолютно ничего нету. И вот вороны его питают. Он пьет из этого потока, и, возможно, с каждым днем этот поток начинает быть все меньше меньше и меньше. И, возможно, он по чейски смотрит и думает: Боже, что мне делать через неделю? Он думает, Боже, что мне делать через месяц? Возможно, через несколько дней этого потока уже не будет, Боже. Но ты обещал меня кормить, ты обещал меня поить. Возможно, вороны не прилетали ровно там в определенное время, в 8 часов вечера, в 8 часов утра. Но, возможно, они начинали задерживаться и илья мог почечески думать боже ну где же они Боже? почему этот поток высыхает боже что сегодня делается друзья но у господа сегодня на все и свое время и написано как только он высох то по прошествии этого времени 8 стих и было к нему слово господне друзья Я хочу сказать то, что у нашего Господа, у Него всегда все получается вовремя. Мы думаем, Боже, поспеши, пожалуйста, уже поток высыхает. Но Господь говорит, у меня есть свое время, и я скажу тебе это слово, и ты будешь спасен, и будет спасен весь твой дом. И написано 8 стих. «И было к нему слово Господне. Встань и пойди в Сарепту Сидонскую, и оставайся там. Я повелел там женщине-вдове кормить тебя». И 13 стих. И сказал ей Илия: «Не бойся, пойди сделай, что ты сказала, но пойди прежде из этого сделай небольшой опреснок для меня и принеси мне, а для себя и для своего сына сделаешь после». Друзья, эта история тоже вам известна. Дальше написано, «И было к нему слово Господне. Пойди в царепту Сидонскую, там есть сдава, у которой есть сын, и я повелел ей кормить тебя». И вот он приходит к ней, и она собирает дрова, и он обращается и говорит то, что «дай мне пить». Она дает ему пить, потом обращается и говорит «дай мне есть». И она отвечает ему и говорит то, что «у меня абсолютно ничего, есть горсть муки, я сейчас пойду, сделаю себе лепешки, поем сама, дам своему ребенку, и мы умрем». И какая реакция Ильи? Он говорит «не бойся, пойди и сделай, что ты сказала, но сделай прежде это мне». Друзья, я просто перевел на наше время. Вы представляете? Вы видите вдову, у которой нет денег, нету ни доллара, ни цента. У нее есть просто хлеб. И вы подходите и говорите, дай мне кушать. Она говорит, я сейчас умру, у меня есть ребенок, я покушаю. Она говорит, ну, no, дай мне. Я думаю, насколько общески можно сказать, то, что Илья, насколько ты гордый, насколько ты самоуверенный и думаешь только о себе. Вроде бы тебе не жалко, разве этого ребенка? Разве тебе не жалко эту женщину, которая сейчас умрет? Друзья, но он говорит, и было к нему слово Господне. Илья поступил по Слову Господнему, и после того мука в катке не истощилась, и они потом жили, 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 жил и Илья, жила эта женщина, и так же само жил этот сын». Дальше, 18 глава, первый стих. «По прошествии многих дней было Слово Господня Килии в третий год, «Пойди и покажись Ахаву, и я дам дочь на землю, я ее перескажу». То, что это тоже вам известная глава, когда Илья решил показаться Ахаву, он встречает его, и говорит, давай соберемся с тобой на горе, ты возьмешь своих пророков, и я стану при тобой. И на чью жертву посмотрит Господь, тот Господь и Бог. Если Господь есть Бог, то последует и Ему. Если это Вал, то мы будем служить Валу. И мы знаем то, что они сделали себе жертву, Валы, начали там себя бить, начали себя колоть, начала течь кровь, Илья начал над ними смеяться, то, что если он Бог, может он спит, кричит, Громче, он вас не слышит, он в дороге, он устал, он не может. Но вот когда Илья помолился, то Господь не спасал огонь. Знаете, и была эта жертва, Господь как бы пожал эту жертву, и спал огонь. И вот потом весь народ израильский, весь народ израильский кричал, говорит, «Господь есть Бог». Господь есть Бог. И дальше Илья говорит Ахаву то, что вот слышен шум дождя, Илия в помазании бежит перед колесницей Ахава, и идет дождь. И 19 глава, 3 стих. «Увидев это, он встал и пошел, чтобы спасти жизнь свою, и пришел в Версавию, которая в Иудее, и оставив отрока своего там. А сам отошел в пустыню на день пути, и придя, сел под можжевеловым кустом, и просил смерти себе, и сказал, «Довольно уже, Господи, возьми душу мою, ибо я не лучше отцов моих». Друзья, Илия, который вчера сводил огонь с неба, который делал чудеса Господни. Это не мог сделать человек, который так расправился с этими уже пророками. И вот, Ахав приходит домой, пересказывает это всё своей жене Изавеле, и Изавель говорит то, что я убью этого пророка. И Илья, как только это слышит, он начинает убегать с этого места. И говорит, и он, увидев это, он начал убегать, дабы спасти свою жизнь. Или он начинает спасать свою жизнь, и он уходит в Версавию, который в Уде, и отходит в пустыню и остается там. И он ложится и садится под можжевелым кустом и начинает просить себе смерти. Знаете, я перевожу на это на, на наше время, Друзья, Знаете, как часто мы в нашей жизни, как часто мы в нашей жизни, как часто мы в нашей жизни мы вчера делали чудеса Господни. Нас вчера Господь проводил, мы вчера видели руку Божью, Господь исцелял нас, Господь вел, Господь отвечал на наши молитвы, и мы видели руку Господню в нашей жизни. Но вот сегодня изменились обстоятельства, и мы начинаем с вами забывать о том Боге, который нам вчера помог. Написано то, что Он начинает убегать, Он начинает убегать и начинает просить себе смерти. Друзья, когда нам плохо, когда мы не знаем выхода, когда мы не видим пути, когда все вокруг нас рушится, друзья, когда, возможно, мы уже молимся, Боже, мы не можем жить уже на этой земле. Ты видишь, что происходит вокруг нас, Господь, ты видишь то, что я не могу это сделать, Боже, забери меня, Отец, я уже не могу здесь жить, Боже, забери меня, когда у Него нету силы. Послушайте внимательно. Тот, который вчера делал чудеса Господни, сегодня просит себе смерти даже не помышляет о том что ему готовится колесница послушайте еще раз внимательно тот который вчера совершал дело господне видел руку божью видел помазание господне на нем он сегодня просит себе смерти потому что он боится, и он даже не помышляет о том, что ему готовится колесница, о которой мы будем читать на страницах Священного Писания, о которой мы будем говорить нашим друзьям, нашим детям, о той истории, о которой удостоился только Енох и Илья, два человека в Старом Завете. Они не увидели смерти, но они перешли. И Илья, не помышляя об этом, он не видя вперед, он сегодня просит себе смерти, потому что он не видит выхода. Но у Господа есть план на его жизнь, и мы дальше читаем Это что он сделал? Но у Господа есть план на его жизнь. И вот дальше, и вот дальше. Он написано то, что ангел к нему подходит, дает ему есть и пить. И дальше он идет. И 10 стих написано, «Возревновал я о Господи Боге Савофе, ибо сыны Израиле оставили завет твой, разрушили твои жертвенники, пророков твоих убили мечом. Остался я один, но моей души ищешь, чтобы отнять ее». Но 9 стих написано, И сказал ему Господь, что ты здесь, Илия? Друзья, вы представляете? Илия делает такой путь. А можно, пожалуйста, картинку? Я хочу вам показать одну картинку, чтобы вам было немножко видно. Вам видно всем нет? Да. Вы видите, где кормил? Или нет? Посмотрите. Вот это кормил. Вот это Израиль. Это путили кормил идет Израиль, он уходит в пустыню, дальше он идет на гору, и потом он возвращается в Дамаск. Послушайте внимательно, это, я считаю, что это очень важный момент. Послушайте внимательно. От Израиля, от Израиля до пустыни куда идет, куда идет Илья, до пустыни Версавия, в самом нижней точке. Илья проходит расстояние в 100 миль. Послушайте, он проходит пешком, он не едет на машине, он проходит пешком 100 миль. Он от Израиля идет 100 миль к Версавии. На один день пути он оставляет своего отрока, там ему говорится слово Господне, и с того места, от той пустыни, он идет к горе Синаю. К горе Синаю. Это внизу, там, где ваша вот это, там где белый листочек, предположим. Это 264 мили. Он идёт пешком 264 мили. Написано то, что он идёт 40 дней. И он ишёл 40 дней и 40 ночей до горы Божьей Харива. 264 мили он идёт пешком. И Господь говорит ему. И вот там в самом низу Господь ему говорит: "Илия, что ты здесь?" Другими словами говорит: "Илия, что ты здесь делаешь?" Я думаю, Илья, но ну ты сделал такой путь, ты сделал огромный путь, это 100 миль, 264 мили и 453 мили. Он делает этот путь, и Господь ему говорит, Илья, что ты здесь делаешь? Друзья, послушайте, мы тоже с вами услышали три истории, мы с вами услышали три истории, я хочу вам задать один вопрос. Когда Илья в первый раз, он и шел, потоку Харафу. Было к нему Слово Господне или нет? Поставь, пожалуйста, 17 главу, второй стих. Написано «И было к нему Слово Господне». Теперь восьмой стих. «Когда он ишел в Сарепту Сидонскую». Написано и было к нему слово Господне. 18 стих 1 18 глава первый стих. Написано и было слово Господне Илии. Но когда Илия идет к этой горе в самый низ, можно обратно на карту, когда Илий идет к этой горе в самый низ, ему не было слова Господнего. Когда Илия начинает бояться когда Илья начинает бояться Иезавели, к нему не было слова Господнего. Он не знал воли Божьей, он не думал об этом. Написано то, что он увидел, встал и пошел, дабы спасать свою жизнь. К нему не было слова Господнего. И вот он приходит к этой горе, и Господь ему говорит, Илия, что ты здесь? Что ты здесь? Другим с вами, Илия, что ты здесь делаешь? И Илья ему отвечает, И дальше, и 15 стих. Не, не став, я прочитаю. И сказал ему Господь: Пойди в пустыню обратно своей свою дорогу через пустыню в Дамаск. И когда придешь, то помажь Азаива в сыри над Сирию. А Иуя, сына на поможешь в сыри над Израилем. Елисей же, сына Сафатома, из Авел Михол, и пророка вместо себя. Друзья, и в самом низу, там, где Илья находится на той горе, Господь говорит ему, «Иди теперь в Дамаск». Дамаск – это самая верхняя правая точка наверху. И самая верхняя правая точка наверху от самого низа до Дамаска Или идет 817 миль. Друзья, послушайте, Или идет 817 миль. Не написано, сколько он и шел, как он и шел. Но он и шел пышком, и он и шел по пустыне. И это все было из-за того, то что Илия не услышал голос Божий в своей жизни. «Если бы Господь, он сказал ему то же самое, если бы он дождался бы Слова Господнего, то Илия бы отправился в Дамаск от точки Израиля, он ушел бы в Дамаск. Но Илия пошел в самый низ до того белого листочка и поднялся в Дамаск на счет 817 миль». Друзья, знаете, я перевожу это сегодня наше время, как нужно нам сегодня Слово Господне. Послушайте. Бывает так, что Господь он молчит в нашей жизни, и мы просто не знаем, что нам делать. И, возможно, это же самое, как было Или. он просто боялся, он не знал, «Боже, что мне делать, ты не отвечаешь, Иезавель уже хочет меня убить!» Но Господь тогда молчал, и он говорит, «Я сделаю все сам!» Он уходит и начинает просить себе смерти, потому что у него не было этого Слова Господнего. Знаете, у меня вопрос, нужно было ли Ильи делать столько вещей, или было проще дождаться Слова Божьего? Друзья, как часто мы в нашей жизни мы делаем столько ненужных нам вещей, потому что мы не знаем Слова Божьего». Не то, что мы не знаем, потому что мы не получили личное откровение от Него. Я не знаю, как Господь разговаривал с Ильей, как Он говорил лично, через пророков, я не знаю, друзья. Но я знаю то, что сегодня нам нужно искать это слова Господня. И на нас должно быть помазание Божье, дабы мы знали, Боже, мне нужно так поступать, а так не нужно. Написано то, что «Благо человеку, который надеется на Господа, и который надежду свою полагает на Него». Давид говорит то, что блаженные откровения твои, ты вразумляешь меня. Друзья, когда нас вразумляет Господь, мы тогда смелы, как лев, и мы знаем то, что ни каизавель и никто, она ничто мне не причинит никакого вреда, потому что, Боже, у меня есть слово от Тебя, и я могу спать спокойно. Мне не нужно никуда убегать, потому что у меня есть Ты. Мне не нужно проходить 817 миль впустую и зря, потому что Ты хранишь меня под сенью своей и под покровом крыл Твоих я покоюсь. Как мы пели «Пусть бушует шторм, и гром гремит, я с тобою буду, я под твоим крылом». Друзья, как нам нужно дождаться Слова Божьего. Друзья, знаете, как часто мы просто в неведении, мы не знаем, как нам поступить, мы просто не знаем. И мы можем делать глупости в нашей жизни, знаете, друзья, можем просто делать ту работу, которую нам не нужно делать». Но, друзья, Господь сегодня, Он желает открываться каждому сердцу. Господь сегодня хочет вразумлять каждого. Я святой в эту верю дабы нам сегодня знать наш путь. Дабы нам сегодня видеть, куда нас ведет Господь. Что сегодня Бог хочет от нас? Не делать то, что Бог сегодня нам не повелевает делать, но делать то, что, Господь, Ты желаешь меня видеть здесь. Боже, дай мне лично Твое откровение. Дай мне лично, Боже, скажи мне просто через Твое слово. Знаете, я несколько дней назад я просто... Нуждался в Боге, я я не хотел обращаться никаких пророков, никуда, я просто ходил и молился, знаете, я думаю, Боже, ну скажи Твое слово ко мне, я просто в этом нуждаюсь. Я помню, я ходил просто по комнате, и я молюсь, хожу по комнате, открываю глаза, и там висит просто такая табличка написано, надейся на Господа всем твоим сердцем, во всех путях твоих познавай Его и Он управит дело твое. Я думаю, Боже, слава тебе. Я думаю, Господь, ты так вразумляешь, даже не нужно идти ни к пророкам, ни к кому. Боже, просто посмотри на стену и Бог тебе уже говорит. Просто открой свой календарик, открой Библию и Бог направит тебя. Знаете, друзья, Бог желает это открывать, дабы мы с вами не делали никаких глупостей. Друзья, поэтому, когда вы будете куда-то ехать, либо у вас будет что-то связано с милиями, пожалуйста, вспомните Илью. Вспомните Илью и не делайте Не делайте ошибок. Не делайте таких ошибок, которые сделал я. Просто вспомните это. Пускай вас Бог слепо свидетель. Давайте сейчас саним мы кратенько помолимся ему за особые слова. Аминь.
2: Amen. Praise the Lord. God's been speaking to us, and I think we could say Amen and go home. Amen. Let's go home. <laughs> Yes, but we still have some time, and might as well talk about dating. What do you guys say? All right, let's do that, let's do that. Victor, can we have that video, or is that gonna work? Um, It's a two-minute video. I was debating if we should watch it or not. Let's do it. Hmm,
3: well, back row. Wonder if he's got something to hide.
4: I don't know how to respond in worship. Should I just, like, be chill? I'm not sure.
3: I wish he would just go all out and worship.
4: Yeah, I'm just gonna chill. I don't know what her tradition is.
3: Okay, I'm gonna let him lead. I'm not gonna raise my hands unless he does. Oh, yes! Oh, I love this song. Wait, are his eyes open? Is he looking at the screens? Who doesn't know the words to oceans? Oh, no, is he crossing his arms? Maybe he's not into it. I wonder if he's upset about something.
4: Oh, it's time for the tithes and offerings. I don't know, I shouldn't have to tithe, I'm a guest. I don't know, maybe I'll just put in 20 bucks. 20 bucks? How cheap is he? Wait, 10%
3: of 20 bucks is like, does he make $200 a week? Oh, this isn't gonna work out.
4: Oh, baby dedication, really?
3: Oh, I love babies. We're gonna have five. Man, I'm really into this sermon.
4: Oh, she moved forward. Maybe I should put my arm on the back of the chair.
3: Wait, I think he just put his arm on my chair. If I've moved back, it's like his arm is around me. (gasps) Oh, I love this. I feel so safe. I can tell this is really hitting home with him. He's really responding to this.
4: I wonder what the score of the game is.
3: Oh, he's got his eyes closed. The Holy Spirit must be really working in his life.
4: I shouldn't have eaten that burrito for breakfast.
3: I love having a new boyfriend.
4: I hope people don't think we're dating.
3: Oh, he's taking notes. Do not give yourselves over to lust? Oh, great, I wonder if he has a problem.
4: Oh, my phone's vibrating. Let me just check it like real quick.
3: Oh, he's getting his phone out. I bet he's looking up scripture on the Bible app. ESPN, really? This is really hitting home with me.
4: What is is she crying right now? Oh man, where's it? The... I gotta find some Kleenex. You know what? I'll just wait in the lobby.
2: Well, that's one of the reasons why we brothers and sisters sit separately, right? (laughs) So we don't have those awkward moments and we don't have to worry about somebody else and how they worship and so on and so forth. Um, Yes, who remembers last time? By the way, this video is not related to my topic, but I thought it would be a good icebreaker. Um, but who remembers last, last time what we talked about? Anybody? Quality single life. Okay, thank you. And Alex was talking about different generations. Different generations. By the way, if you get married, you're eligible to sit with your wife and your husband right here. This is a great example. (laughs) Um, We'll welcome you uh, first, second, and and we'll take all the rows. Um, We talked about, last time we talked about generations, and we talked about quality single life. Amen? Everyone with me? Um, What was the highlight for that, uh, for the generation uh, that we are all, or you guys are all, I'm still in a generation... Before you, I think. Uh, but Generation um, is Z, right? Gen Z, Alex was talking about. That's the generation that um, people who were born around 90s through mid-2000s. That's considered Generation Z. And uh, the main scripture, the main focus that was placed, there are certain things in that generation that can be highlighted and and, and evident and different from the previous generations and I'm sure will be different from the generation to come. Um, But the main verse that we focused on was 2 Timothy 1 and 7 that says that God did not give you a spirit of timidity but power and love and self-control. Amen? Do we all have that spirit? Power and love and self-control, Amen, Amen. We talked about that to have a quality product, you have to pay the price, and we talked about leading a quality single life. Um, and now we're at the point of dating. I'm sure dating is not um, is something that anyone and everyone um, heard about. Um, talked about, and some people, uh, thank you, uh, the school, um, TCA, for the eraser, some of the people would like to erase certain parts of their life because they messed up. They would like to clean it up and and delete those pictures and, and, and erase certain things that they did and never remember about them. Maybe you're in that situation. Maybe you're, you never have dated before. Maybe you never have um, had a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Uh, maybe you're tempted to get one or become one, uh, to get into a relationship. So you can change that Facebook status, you know? Um, that's big. For Generation Z especially, that's a big thing. Um, how do you see yourself or where are you standing? I don't know that. But I believe that Bible has practical truths that stand the time and we can learn from them. We can really dig down and learn from other people's mistakes. Amen? Do you believe that? Yes, nothing has changed, says Solomon, but everything Remains the same on everything, the core values, the core principles of life remain the same. And we have not that much time, um, but we have a story of Amnon and Tamar. We have the story of Amnon and Tamar, and um, we will look at the key points what happened in this story. And I'm going to read and I'm going to skip certain uh, passages. This is uh, Kings 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13. If you guys are with me, we're, we're probably going to have it on the screen. Now it was after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister Tamar that he made himself ill, for she was a virgin, and it seems hard to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, and the son of Shimeh, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He said to him, O son of the king, why are you so depressed morning and evening? Will you not tell me? Then Amnon said to him, I am in love with Tamar, the sister of my brother Absalom. It's a wonderful romantic story, right? Jonadab then said to him, Lie down in your bed and pretend to be ill. When your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me some food to eat. And let her prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to, him, to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make me a couple of cakes in my side that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent to the house of Tamar, saying, Go now to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laying down, and she took dough needed made cakes in his side and baked the cakes. She took the pan and dished them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have everyone go out from me. So everyone went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. So Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the bedroom to her brother Amnon. When she brought them to him to eat, He took hold of her and said to her, Come, lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. As for me, where could I get rid of my reproach? And as for you, you will be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please seek in the king, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not listen to her. Since he was stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her with a very great hatred. For for the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he loved her. We're going to stop here. Very sad story, isn't it? A very sad story, but very true. Very true story that happened and I think happening still today. So, 10 key points that we can learn or I highlighted in this text, in this story. Number one, she was beautiful. Amnon loved her, he genuinely thought that he loved her. Number three, Amnon was frustrated because she had boundaries and was protected. Number four, Amnon seeking advice from a smart but worthless friend, the one who did not fear God. Number five, any method is good as long as it satisfies my desire. Number six, she made food in his sight, and um, he was lusting after her. Number seven, Amnon commands everyone to leave the room. That's dating alone right here. Number eight, he tries to talk to her into line with him. He speaks beautiful words with ill intent. Number nine, he forcefully takes what he desires and the mask comes off. And number ten, his love turned into hatred. So those are the ten um, key things that happened in that situation. And I believe we can learn from that today. So we don't make those mistakes or someone we're dating or thinking about getting into a relationship, we're not putting ourselves into that situation. And uh, the first thing to ask, of course, is dating biblical? If you type dating into your most modern Bible app, guess what you're going to get? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. There's no such word in the Bible as dating. Oh, God didn't think that far, right that we're going to be dating here in 21st century. That's why it's not reading. No, certain things in the Bible are not clearly described. Certain things in the Bible are not or aspects or, or, or um, questions are not clearly answered. Questions like, "Can I smoke?" It's not in the Bible, a friend of mine told me. It's not in the Bible. You can't tell me I can't smoke. But uh, Bible is a unique book that it gives you, it gives you um, a concept. And it uh, gives you guidance being a healthy man and woman. And more than healthy, but being mature and make the right decisions. It helps you to be mature, to become such a person, to make the right decision. You have to make that decision. And the Bible sometimes doesn't give you a clear answer. But you have to come to that conclusion. So is dating biblical? Again, we can look at it. We can look into that. Um, So let's look at... uh, What God designed? God designed for the man and woman to be together. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's God's design. He created us uh, for us to be together. That's normal, and that's God's design. Uh, However, if you notice, God created Adam first. He had a relationship with Adam first before he created Eve. Just think about that. And I believe that um, everything begins with being a mature Christian. It begins with becoming a mature person. And where do we look, uh, or what do we Where do we seek for satisfaction? Where do we go for satisfaction? Or what longings do we have in our heart? What do we long for? Why people get into relationship to begin with? Um, One of the reasons because people have a longing inside of them for relationship, but they try to fulfill it with the wrong relationship. When Jesus was at the well, if you remember John 4, he was talking to a woman. And he pinpointed the problem in her life. And he said that you have been looking to satisfy your inner longing with relationship with man. And this is the fourth or the fifth man in your life, and he hasn't satisfied you yet. You're looking in the wrong place. John 4.10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Number one, your, my and your inner longings can be only satisfied with the relationship, with the right relationship with God. And until we are satisfied in Him, no one will ever satisfy us. No matter how beautiful your wife is going to be, she's not going to satisfy your inner longing. And you're going to be frustrated, just like Amnon was, and you're not going to be satisfied with the relationship. And for women, it's the same thing. Unless there is satisfaction in God, no man how good and how beautiful and masculine he is, he can never satisfy you. Be satisfied in God first. That's the first step. That's being a mature Christian. For guys, it's dealing with lust and impurity because the will of God is your sanctification. And that goes the same for women, for for girls. That is that you abstain from sexual immorality that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Uh, Brothers, pay attention that it is the will of God. And God wants us to learn to know how to possess our vessels in purity. It's a process. You have to learn that. It's not going to fall on you one day you're going to be free of desires. No, that's not going to happen. It's a process to know how to possess my vessel, my eyes, my thoughts, what I listen to and watch in, in purity. That's becoming a mature Christian. Because dating or marriage is not, hasn't solved anyone's problems. No problems with lust, not problems with depression. Marriage does not solve problems. Marriage only amplifies the problems. And if somebody goes into marriage with a problem, guess what? It's just going to explode. It's going to get bigger. So with girls and guys, if you see in the person that you're dating or you're thinking about dating or the person that likes you, if you see a problem in his life, in her life, and she's struggling with that, they need to overcome that problem before you get into the relationship. You're not going to help them fix it. You're not going to fix that for themselves. Be careful with that. Being a mature Christian is where it starts. Maturity starts with relationship with Christ. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head even Christ says, "Paul, we are all to grow up into Christ, into maturity, with Christ. That's our ultimate goal." So, being a mature Christian, you're going to say, "Okay, Dennis, well, I'm I'm there. I'm mature. I'm ready. You know, I've been faithful with with uh, you know with God, and 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 I am ready. I think I'm ready. You know, for marriage." I've I would like to get married, or I would like to initiate relationship, right? Uh, or accept a proposal. Um, we can ask another question, is dating, uh, dating a mature Christian, or dating a mature person? Is the person I'm about to propose to, the person I'm about to get into relationship, is he mature? And the guys would say, oh, you know, I'm going to help her. I'm going to help her to be mature. I'm going to... My friends, I had friends that were saying, "Oh, I want to get a younger girl so I can teach her all the things the way I like it." That's uh that's that, that's wrong. You're not gonna teach her anything, believe me. That's really, really wrong. And uh, he doesn't. He didn't know what he was talking about. Um, he didn't get married for many, many, many years. Um, I don't know for what reason, you know, but but uh, that's the reality. That's not um, that's not true. That's that's a worldly talk that I can teach somebody in marriage. I can I, I can make them, you know, to be like myself. I don't want my wife to be like myself. <laughs> that would be boring. I would be <laughs> I would not like that. She's different. She's unique. You know, she has her strengths and her weaknesses, and 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 she makes me right. You know. She tells me when I'm wrong. And that's good for me. Dating a mature Christian. We're talking about dating a mature Christian and being being mature people. And and, and getting into relationship with a mature person. First of all, in, in in the mature, being as a mature Christian, I make emphasis on Christian because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that Do not be bound together with unbelievers. The Bible is black and white that we should not be even thinking in that direction. You're not going to make somebody Christian. You're not going to bring them to Christ. Don't fool yourself. Don't even entertain those thoughts. Maybe this guy is a good guy for me and I can later on, God can work on him and so on and so forth. Or maybe a girl, I can get into a relationship with a girl and, and, and then we can work, work it out and I can, you know, explain it to her and this and that. Uh, the Bible is very clear that you're setting up yourself for a failure because there is no harmony uh, or what harmony has Christ with Belial or what, what has a believer in common with unbeliever. Um, being a mature uh, Christian You know what the difference is uh, between boys and um, and men there's a difference between boys and men, you know that you know boys boys are boys, and they you know play in a play with toys and so on and so forth. men take responsibility right um, and and this is crucial, ladies, this is crucial because you don't want to be stuck in a relationship with the boy and, and being her mom. And, and that happened before. That happens all the time. Um, some things that I just highlighted. Um, obedient to his parents. That's key. Um, responsible for his own actions. He protects another person. I remember still until this day, as Natasha was telling me a story of a guy His name shall be unnamed. He's a prosperous and and, and influential leader, you know, in one of the churches. As they were walking, you know, together, they were not together, but he was walking, just happened, they happened to walk together. And this person was coming at at them, and he just jumped away. I don't know if he ran away or not, but he had no intentions to protect her, you know. Even she she was a woman. Um, A man protects Okay? A man protects always. He has that mentality. He has that intention to protect. Uh, he can keep a job and provide for the family. Oh, wow, what a surprise. <laughs> he can keep a job, a real job, because he will have to provide for the family in the long term. There are instances, yes, that girls uh, and women you know, have good jobs and good education, and, and, and you know, they switch roles. You know, man stay at home, that's okay too, but he has to. He he, he has to be uh, able to work. He's not lazy. He's teachable. He can be taught something. You know, he's, he's open to learn, honest in words and deeds, in and deeds, promises, business in business in relationships. If you see that he's lying. If you see that he's not honest in some aspects, that's a that's a red flag. Uh, he's spiritual. Oh, he's spiritual. Uh, Second Timothy 1.7 says he possesses a spirit of power and love and discipline. That's what spiritual man and woman are, right? Power of lo- power and love and self-discipline. That's spiritual. Has a good vision. Has a vision. And goal for the family. Oh, let's just get married. Why? Well, you know, so we can be married, right? He has a vision for the family. He knows what the family is supposed to be, what God intended it to be. Why, you know, at least talk about it. He loves God, has consistent in Bible reading and prayer, attending church services. I believe that's a person who grows and matures in Christ. And, and you can trust and trust your life to that kind of man. Amen? Amen. What about women? woman? Do they just get a free pass? Ooh, I look beautiful. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to, to, to get married, right? I think it's very important for guys to, to pay attention that she is not obsessed with outside beauty. Um, the Bible is very clear on that. Um, Respects her parents. That's a big one. Look at how she treats her father. The same way she's going to treat you. Um, open to learning. Knows basic housekeeping skills. Surprise, right? Um, she knows how to cook, you know. I was talking to one lady and she said, well, my mom still makes my bed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, that's a real, that's a true story. Um, I, you know, I, I get up to work and I leave and my wife, thank the Lord knows how to make her bed, you know, (laughs) she, she's way smarter than I am and she knows a lot more than I am. But, you know, practically, practically, what skills did you acquire when you were single? What skills did she acquire when she was single? Um loves God, the same thing, a lot of those things um, are the same, you know, she loves God, she loves spending time in the Bible and prayer, and she's regularly attending uh, the services, that's the kind of woman I want to, you know, bind my life with, I can trust her, you know, the biggest longings of man, they can trust a woman. They can go to work and they can trust that she's faithful at home. They can go to a business trip and they can trust that she's faithful. That she's keeping her word. That's what men long for. Our time is running out and I'm only finishing my second page. <laughs> when should I start dating or looking Um uh, the time is different, you know. We mature differently, and we have different needs. Uh, but I would say maximize your singleness. Maximize it. Use it to the maximum for God and His glory. Andre was talking about that today. We're gonna remember, think back, and say, "Yes, I remember." You know, I stayed after the New Year's night, and I vacuumed this this place. Thank you, brothers. Lonely warriors that that came and did that. God bless you. Um, And things like that, you know. I was serving on the worship team. I was, you know, serving uh, and building this building and doing other things. Maximize your single life for God. Because you're never going to return this time. I cannot do the same things as I did when I was in your age. I have three kids that I have to take care of. They demand and command and they make my schedule. I don't. You still do. Maximize your singleness. Dating too early is, um, is not beneficial. Dating too early is not beneficial. Um, um, somebody says that getting married at um, 18 is like leaving a party at 9.00. 15 or something like that. I don't know. It's um, it's a worldly saying. Um, you know, when you start dating early, when you start dating early, you separate yourself or you isolate yourself to one person, to one relationship, and you miss the opportunity to learn, to grow, and to acquire certain skills in life and certain... Meet certain people, uh, do things for God. You isolate yourself when you're starting dating when you're not ready for it. Um, why? Ask yourself: Why do I want to get into this relationship? What is the main purpose? What is my goal? What am I expecting from this relationship? Am I ready to to get married? Dating is for people who is ready to commit. For the life, for their whole life. If you ask your guy, ask your brother, the person that's approaching you, what are your intentions? What do you want? What can I expect from you? Seriously. If I can't expect from you a commitment, I don't want you. Be bold. Because you girls need to be conquered. But you have the power to say yes and to say no. It's in your power. They can't do anything about it. And above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's if you remember just one thing from this, above all else, guard your heart. Because for the rest of your life, whatever your heart been through, it's going to be with you and it's going to make your life either pleasant or miserable above all else guard your heart don't let anyone or don't let anyone just play with it when we're dating i'm going to be finishing here soon but when you are actually if you are today in a relationship and you're dating or you're going to be in one tomorrow Um, You have to set, set and maintain boundaries. It is imperative to have boundaries in your dating period, in the period of engagement before the marriage. It is crucial for a healthy relationship. There's two things. Number one, physical limits and boundaries when it comes to interacting with the opposite sex, physical touch, okay? Number two is emotional and spiritual boundaries. Because you can do as much hurt or more emotionally to other person just as physically. It's not a good idea to have a Bible study one-on-one. It's not. Even if no, nothing comes out of it, And, you know, nobody gets physically hurt. Uh, There will be emotional attachment and emotional disappointment and emotional heartbreak and so on and so forth. Guard your heart from that. Physical limits and boundaries has to be set because you will cross those boundaries or somebody else will cross them if you don't guard that, if you don't place those in place. And if the guy consistently keeps, or a girl consistently keeps violating your privacy and your boundaries, that's a red flag. Stop there, right there. Ask counseling, ask somebody who can uh, counsel you and, and tell you how to approach that, how to deal with that. But most important, or the right thing to do would be run away from that kind of person because he does not love you or she does not love you. It's lust that's motivating the person. I believe that accountability in the relationship is key. I have to be honest, I have not, we have not had an accountability partner in our dating period, but I wish I did. Having a third person in your relationship that you will weekly. Meet with, and you will answer two questions to those people. Number one, when they ask you, Have you kept yourself pure physically? you will answer yes or no. And number two, Have you been keeping yourself pure from lustful thoughts? If you're serious about your relationship, if you want to succeed in a relationship, I advise you that you. I challenge you that you do this. That you put those safeguards that will protect you, your future marriage, and, and, and everything in your life to come. Because, because it's very painful to uh, deal with a broken relationships. Before we close, I also would like to uh, touch on this. In our day day and age, you know, people, I was reading an article about Generation Z, and the person says there is a type of people that when they text somebody and he responds or she responds, they take a screenshot of the screen and they send it to their friends and they ask for advice. What should I do? What should I say? And this and that. You know, if you've been in a relationship or you went through a relationship, how do you, and you see that it doesn't work out, it's not working out, or if somebody proposed to you, how do you honorably deal with that person? Let's look at how one man dealt with that kind of situation. It's Matthew 1, chapter 1, 18-19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, before they have any relationship, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, pay attention, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly do you guys think we need that today do we need to be righteous men and women and deal honorably with other people or do we need to post that on the our social media accounts and say you know such and such and this and that and go and tell everybody that I'm you know I was proposed by this and and, and such and such and I, you know, denied him or this and that. That's not an honorable honorable thing to do. That's not. Um, Be careful with that. And don't encourage those kind of people to brag about relationship and disgrace other people. Most importantly, as we wrap up, walk the path with God. It is imperative that you begin the path, that you continue the path and you finish uh, or start your marriage with God. Let the Lord lead you and help you to make the right decision and when to date. Um, But it begins with the relationships daily. I think um, Artyom just had the wonderful word from the Holy Spirit and he, don't go 800 something miles 17 Um, 800 plus miles you know don't take those detours because that's not in God's plan he wants you to arrive at the destination but he wants you to wait on the Lord he wants you to wait on him you know Psalm 37 3 and 5 is going to be the last one I'm going to read but that's the psalm that kept me going when I was single, when I was waiting on the Lord. I wasn't perfect. don't think that I was perfect. Uh, but I trusted the Lord. I believe I trusted the Lord. Uh, psalm thirty-seven, three, five: Trust the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. You don't have to work hard. You don't. He will do it for you if you trust Him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up for a short prayer. Lord, I thank you. I worship you and I glorify your name, Jesus, because you deserve all the glory. Lord, you came to this earth and you died for your church. Lord, and we are your church. We are in your body, brothers and sisters, Lord. And I ask that you help us, Lord, to realize that we are in your picture, in you, And you see us equally, Lord. And you see how we treat each other, how we act when we're not in church, when we're outside, when we're on our social media. Lord, you know the hearts. You know everything, Lord. And you see the people that have the fear of God in their hearts. They love God. They love you. And they're waiting on you, Lord. And they expect you to come through and fulfill the desires of their heart. And I ask that you bless them, Lord. Bless the sisters. Bless the brothers, Lord. And help them to stay pure and to keep themselves for their future wives and husbands, Lord. And bless them abundantly. Lord, and I also pray for the people that are currently in their relationships that they would take it seriously, that they would not be deceived, Lord, by the world, by the worldly uh, lies. Lord, but, but that they would trust you and that they would take precautions and that they would uh, be obedient, Lord, to the, their parents, to, um, to the pastors and the church and, and your word mainly. Help them, Lord. Uh, help them to be pure in their thoughts. Uh, stay pure before the marriage and, and receive the blessing that you prepared for them. Lord, I also, also pray for the people that have been hurt, that went through painful experiences, Lord, and, and been hurt and lost an ability to trust, Lord. They don't trust people and they don't trust you at times. I pray that you would restore them, Lord, in Jesus' name. You have the healing, Lord, and you are able to restore, Lord. And I pray for them and I ask them to give them courage to come to you and bring the weight of the sin and bring the weight of their pain lord Um, maybe somebody hurt someone and they don't see they don't understand it fully lord i ask you to open their eyes to give them courage to ask for forgiveness and repentance lord lord i ask that you bless our youth with healthy families lord that we would be a strong generation, Lord, for your glory. Because you purposed in your word and in your intentions, Lord, for this generation to be the last generation, to be the victorious generation, Lord, to glorify your name, Lord, to go into this world and preach you boldly, Lord, because you are coming back soon. And we are the generation, I believe, that we'll see you, Lord, with our own eyes. Lord, we are your children, and we love you, and we want to be obedient to you, Lord. Thank you for choosing us and for giving us salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.